Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. This is the Spring Fever Show, even though it's only January and I am two minutes late this morning. My gear was a little bit worse for wear this morning. Oh, can we do this? Okay. Yes. Okay. Good morning, everybody. We're going to get organized here. I was trying to make it so I could plug in my phone, but that didn't work very well. I hope you guys have some horsemanship <laughs> things on your mind this morning. Let's add Michael. Corey, good morning. Lynn, good morning. Susan, good morning. I'm going to see you in a couple weeks, right? I'm getting super excited to see everybody. Katie, good morning. I think I saw a cool clip of you on Instagram. Oh man, flying changes has been the private discussion around here lately. Corey, I was over at Debbie's yesterday and we were talking about how um, we really need to get together. I don't see Michael yet this morning. So Katie, that horse in your um, flying changes video, is what kind of horse is that? And Wendy, good morning. I'm trying to get a little bit more light here. It's still dark. You know what's nice though is it's daylight, of course, way past five, definitely into 5.30, but oh, this time of year, I can't wait until it's loud, right? First thing in the morning. Wendy, good morning. Let me see if Michael's here. Who's gonna message? Oh, here we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's add invite here before we... You think I've never done this before. Let's see. Was just thinking we need to connect at Debbie's. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just, I'm so, I was like, I miss all you guys. I'm so ready to uh, kind of get going this year. Oh, it feels like such a relief in some ways. And I think, you know, the sunshine the other day, I was home all day, right? Because I was working from my office and kind of getting some things in the barn organized from, from being gone and uh so i did a three a day on novella so for those of you guys that aren't in the northwood farms a 12-week horsemanship challenge the deal is that we're trying to do 30 rides right in the first 12 weeks of the year and the rules of the rides are you can do five bareback rides we've talked about that and i burned them off they're all gone <laughs> and then um the saddled rides you have to unsaddle and then two hours between saddlings. You do have to have two hours between bareback rides as well. But um, Michael's not going to be here, I guess. It says adding. Michael, it says no answer from the live video guest. So it's kind of sad. I don't know where he is. Let's try it again. Michael Sparling, let's add you. Are you for sure logged in as Michael Sparling? So, you guys, I've been thinking about, Laura, good morning, I've been thinking about Hans lately a lot, I guess because, you know, he was such a champion of just any old kind of horse being able to do everything, you know, basically, like, the goal was to develop horses, not just uh, dressage horses and then I saw a clip yeah I think it was a clip Michael oh here we go hold on I might have to add him from down here let's see let's approve him yes unable to add guest let's see um 
Michael, I don't know what to tell you here. Oh, my iPad. Hmm. Someday, you guys, this is all going to work like a charm. But right now, it is not. Try that again, Michael. See if that works. So I saw a video from 1955. Well, it wouldn't be an odd year, would it? So it must have been 54. And it was a dressage video. And I think like on a thoroughbred or something. And it was like passage, you know, on a straight line. And I was like, oh, it's so pretty. It's so pretty because it was correct. And just with a regular horse. I love that. It's kind of fun. Well, you guys, I don't for sure know what to do with Michael. Michael, you want to close your app and then try again? Actually, here, I'm going to click out of that and, and um, try to reconnect. Would you please? Susan, Jean, good morning. Steven, hello. Um, Michael, would you please do that one more time for me? So back to Hans von Blixen, Finicky. Michael says you're here. Okay. Michael, can you try requesting to be added again? <laughs> he says, what? Look. Yeah, I know. I know. Let's switch back to Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Michael, try one more time, please. Or, you know, close your app and go back. March, good morning. So I was looking in my book. You guys, can you see? He wrote on here with my best wishes. It just, it warms my heart every single time. And I just, I remember him. <clears throat> okay, one more time, Michael. Otherwise you guys, we're gonna have to close this whole thing out and start again. Manuel, good morning. <laughs> it's just here to torture us. Apparently. And to make us I did figure out how to request to join, so that might help us in the future. Well, you did this time, yep. but then it tells me to send a request. Anyway, let's not waste any more time on it. It's so, so annoying. Thanks, everybody, for hanging in there. Well, we swear we're not doing it on purpose. Julie, good morning. Oh, my gosh, Julie, we need to have a real estate conversation. So much interesting information. For those of you guys that follow me on my main Facebook page, I'm going to have more and more real estate information coming your way because there's so much misinformation. Of like the horse world i just said misinformation i didn't mean to say that but anyway i was just talking about hans i saw that i've been here the whole time okay <laughs> so what's on your mind before we um we'll talk about hans tell us more oh well you know it's just i never did get a second book i read one yeah the art okay. of writing yeah Mm -hmm. I dug that out too. It's very interesting. And they're both super interesting, quite. And I think um, th his curriculum is the one I overlay on top of Bucks. If that's the right way to say it. Like if, if you wanna know how to develop a dressage horse, this, this is a way to do it, a complete way to do it. So, but can we dive right into, I don't want to skip anything that you have to say. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you don't want 
comment you need to say. <laughs> Did you hear me say I have spring fever really bad? Mm -hmm. I heard you say everything. Oh, I wish it wouldn't come on so early. So it's pretty wild here. Last year we had so much snow we didn't know where to put it and this year we have virtually no snow and it's supposed to be in the 40s like mid to high 40s this week and there's gonna be no snow left it's just wild maybe like it just froze hard enough for us to turn the horses out on pasture without the pastures getting ripped up and now it's gonna get all squishy more than likely so. you should see the mud gross gross don't enjoy the mud Wait, it's gonna be 55 all week here and 58 like on one day so then like what would temperatures normally be a 40 uh, 38 40 which is what we're heading to in another you know at yeah. the end of the week then we'll be heading towards lows of you know 26 highs so when do, when do you consider spring June. At your, the frogs i know the frogs <laughs> but when do the i frogs hear them they show up oh they're already there <laughs> As soon as it gets this warm, they, they're like, is it spring? I'm like, you are not helping. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, probably end of March. It, I mean, the daffodils and the, um, and the hyacinths are popping their heads out already. Yeah. So, so they, nature is contributing to my misery here. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, Val says she's loving the, what did you say, Val? I can't, I'm going to go back. She says the Minnesota winter, warm and minimal snow. Yes, delightful. You guys paid for it last year. Yeah, Lisa, here's the frogs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, anyway, so. Okay, so spring fever, Hans, overlay. Mm -hmm. And then let me get to, I can get to our deal here. So, I did a new buck reel for you guys real quick here. Yeah, I saw the one from Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are tricky to get, right? Because you don't want to get people in front. Mm -hmm. So I just do the best I can. And that was nice to have a little, a sentence or two that he would say. Okay, so. Talk, yeah. talk about overlaying. Like, where is the overlay? I mean, what are you overlaying? I mean, Buck doesn't talk about Noah's arcs and he, I don't see <laughs> so him doing, I don't see him doing them the way you do them. Yeah, we could talk about Noah's arcs too. Like, like I, just, I have to see a video of or come, you know, I'm going to be there, but I would like to see a video of what you're talking about because I don't well, understand. I haven't, I haven't talked to she actually sent me that a while ago and I never got back to her, so I don't have video of that. Um. I guess it's the impulsivity and trying to make arcs. So day before yesterday, this um, German riding pony like came together really nice, started it. I just got stuff really nice at the walk and dealt with some of her concern for the corners. That's her kind of, I th think the thing that's gotten her in trouble is like I'm going along fine, but I haven't been allowed to look at stuff. And so then everything is just this big reaction away from whatever catches her eye, especially now that I'm on a loop of rain and 
giving it room to do so. Anyway, so we got used to the corners on the ground riding, you know, everything's going along really nice. And then yesterday, same thing, going along really nice. And um, not sure. Keep talking. I'm gonna put money on the couch. Not sure what brought it on exactly. If it was something startled her, someone's you know a door slammed, or um, if I maybe asked for a little bit more forward, you know, because she was nice and flowing, but just getting a little more power. Whatever it was. She started just enough getting ahead of me, and it wasn't like a real rushy, impulsive thing. But then, the moment she went a little too far out the front of the rectangle, the arcs just kind of fell apart. In that, okay, she's rushing, so let's take this into an arc to try to stand it all up. And you know, working at it a while, and Stephanie and I were talking about it. Um, basically when she gets impulsive she's always kind of tended to um be held by the outside rain so she hasn't like following the inside rain is new to her um with any level of like real quality with a, the open outside of the rectangle her committing to following the rain so as soon as she gets a little bit rushy, a little bit anxious, and you go to say, follow the rain. She's you know, I can't do it without the support of the outside rain. She just kind of, it, she goes out through the shoulder, but it's not like I'm running sideways away from the bend. It's just, I'm going forward on the same arc, but with this deeper bend that you're trying to get me to follow that I can't follow. Right, because now, because she's pretty bendy, so she curls up, but now she's curled up, making a you know whatever a twenty meter circle, and she's bent for a much smaller circle, but can't follow that rain because of the energy churning and her not really um, being good at following that rain under duress, if you like her own mental duress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what we, you know, so trying to do it on a loose rein just wasn't working. The Susan, more I'm you try to draw that, what's that? The more I'm you, you, Susan, the book title. Go ahead. Keep going. So, more than, you know, the more you try to draw that rein, the less connection you have mm -hmm. to the foot. So, I was like, well, then we have a few options. <laughs> taking a shorter arc isn't working. Um, you know, doing a hind quarter yield, kind of standing her up with that, one rain stop or hind quarters, quarters and let's roll out again. Um, which when she's impulsive, that hind quarter yield is just kind of crud, right, initially. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing, but once the impulsivity kind of takes over it, it I'd like, like to be able to turn it into arcs to interrupt the impulsivity rather than just bring her into a hindquarter yield and having to start over okay but, but does that work it, it doesn't okay. 
but I'm trying to get to where it does because we're trying to get our phone. So in, interestingly, nope. I mean, you said we were texting about it the other day. Um, you said, you know, maybe related to Sam's question from a while ago, you know, maybe you need the outside rain. It's like, well, we're trying to get this to stand up, up to balance, to follow feel on the, off the inside rain on a loose rain, we maybe don't have a lot of soft feel with this mare I do, but let's say you don't, as in the case of Sam's horse that she'd texted about. Um, you know, coming in with the outside rain may or may not be super accessible, particularly once they get a little rushy because you don't want to be holding them back, right? Um, now with this mare, well, so let's just go to what I ended up doing with her yesterday. <coughs> Sorry. Something in my throat. Um, so what I ended up doing is shortening the rectangle or closing that outside rein, but not so much because, like I said, she wasn't really blowing through the shoulder and going to the outside of the rectangle. She just wasn't shortening her arc kind with the or in connection with the, the deeper bend I was you know when I was trying to take a smaller arc to help her settle she'd bend but she wouldn't follow that rain so what I ended up doing is picking up the outside rain and not rolling her into a hindquarter like a one rain stop deep bend hindquarter yield shutting down the rushing forward but just stalling the front of the rectangle and saying your hindquarters have to come up underneath like to get lined up with the flexion of your neck so we can go forward that way but it was for her available because she had she has a, a decent amount of softness and knows how to give to the rain rather than brace and fight it that was kind of available if you have one that's fairly I mean, you're not really picking up a soft feel. You're just trying to get them flowing forward. They're in a big space. They're ducking away from something on the end or something startles them. Not being able to support with that outside rain like I was with this mare, you know, it can just be kind of divey, rushy. And then the question... Sam asked us, well, what, do you, what else can you do outside of Noah's arcs to get to where they're not kind of diving that way? Or, you know, I, again, you said video, and I, I don't know where she's at with this horse now because she asked the question a while ago. But yeah. I'm kind of talking about a few different horses, one of which I've not seen, one, you know, another that I've been riding for the last three weeks or whatever. Um, and they're both, I think, doing totally different things. When I was riding is bending too much. The one Sam was riding, I don't know what it was doing. Well, you guys, those of you guys that are horsemanship insiders or have paid attention, what are the prerequisites for Noah's arcs? Follow a rein, maintain gait. Mm -hmm. Follow a feel, maintain gait. So when you say 
say she doesn't follow a rain very well. I'm like, well. But you're kind of using arcs, call them Noah's arcs or not, to, to stand everything up. If you're trying to get them to maintain gait and follow a rein, and they can at a walk, and you have good balance at a walk, like I said, a couple of rides ago, I mean, that all just clicked okay, on. Okay, but great. she can at a walk follow and, and, and she can at a trot. Okay. Like two days okay. ago, coming out of a walk, like it, it flowed pretty nice. And then we we're able to lope without it getting impulsive. But yesterday, again, I don't remember what triggered it. Um, very likely was getting tight and kind of scooting out of a corner because that's, or, you know, something different was on the wall and she kind of jumped away from it. One day yesterday, or one day, one time yesterday, I had a very loose rain, like didn't even have a coil because it was pretty chill. I think this was before she got impulsive. And we were just trucking along and someone had thrown like a jacket up on the arena. So we go trotting past there. She saw that jacket that wasn't there the last time and jumped sideways. She got a lot further than she has at any point previous because I was not even close to ready to defend her. Of course, I came out of it laughing, but, you know. How did she come out of it? Scrambling to grab up the reins. She, she was fine. I mean, that's the thing. She does her little, like, scoot and jump, and then, you know, you, you can get her back unless she gets to rushing. And that's the thing. If I brought her back to a walk, if I did hindquarters, forequarters, you know, I could get her back that way, just saying back up, back up, back up. But when, like this one started yesterday, didn't start with, okay, I just spooked away from something major and now I'm just freaked out and rushing. It started with just a little trickle out the front of the rectangle. And so rather than shortening the reins, saying I'm going to rebalance you with two reins is like okay can we before this gets all frantic which it did eventually or you know which it did yeah because trying to catch it before it got frantic can i use an arc can i use following a rain to interrupt it and it it didn't didn't work it just became this deep bend yeah kind of of almost like a rainer we're riding this that doesn't make them more upset. It's like yeah. doing the short serpentine with with without getting the fr- great friends. horse. It's yeah. like okay, forget, just don't even do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the ground, does this horse roll out onto its outside feet really nicely off the inside rein? Um, that's been. Yes, but if if you kind of hang on the hindquarter yield and carry it, not hang on, but if you you go to carry the hindquarter yield several steps in a row, she will start to cock her head sideways because that's what she, I mean, at first, any time you go to the right, her head was just well, crooked like this. And... Um, that's gotten much better. We can walk, trot, lope to the right, um, on the ground, straight on the circle, 
relaxed. We can do a hindquarter yield um, that, that it just goes through her whole body and flexion is really nice. She's not. Yeah, it's got to roll her to the outside feet though, right? So that would be. I think it's a balance of how much can I get you rolling to the out feet, outside feet or how, how immediate can you be with it? Because if we go in there, have a feel on the lead rope, even if it's not tight, even if there's a float, if it goes on too long, it goes from being connected to now we actually lose the feet because we start absorbing it by cocking our head sideways. So it's like mm -hmm. we have it, but yeah. if she gets impulsive at the trot or like I'm saying here in the hindquarter yield, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're going to say wait on it to improve or tweak it a little bit, she goes, pretty quickly right back to, okay, everything up front's just going to disconnect. <clears throat> you know, it will be interesting to ask Gary this because you guys, Gary Bailey's the one that showed me in the, like, without compromise that the horse has to roll to the outside feet in the arc. Um, but really, like, in, when it's really, really good, you could take it to a leg yield. you know, to, I'm talking about on the ground, right? <clears throat> and yep. if it gets crooked, which I completely understand because for, from the horse's perspective, they, you know, they do a little bit, but then if it's not, um, if their understanding isn't that it's turning loose over their top line and laterally loose so that they can stay on the outside feet, then any time they, you know, it's it's really balanced from the neck backwards, from the, uh, well, you know, from the um, base of the neck backwards, because, and that's why they start to do that is because this falls, right? And so it's, it's fine to hang in there so long as, you know, you can use your flag usually, right? And roll them back to the outside feet, but it doesn't, um, sometimes in the they roll them back, you're still in a hindquarter yield, but you're redistributing the weight over the outside, maybe even over the outside hind more than it had been while still rolling forward in a hindquarter yield. Yeah, except for, you know, I don't leave it in a, in a deep hindquarter yield like what we're talking about. Once they can, once they can kind of do that and bend laterally, then I don't. course you want to be able to do that as long as you need to but it's it's more like can you roll them over the outside feet go forward with them continuing to be balanced and then roll them out to the outside feet and then so it's not um it's not a big, big hindquarter yield because usually and this is for sure what's happening in in the Noah's arcs is from the neck to the cinch area they're not saying concave as Hans would say you know going around the arc mm -hmm. and they try to make it up by you know 
overbending or rushing. Like, yeah. yeah, somehow they're trying to like go the direction you're saying, but the body isn't lined up. So the reason I bring that up is just because if the horse is confident on the, on, on its groundwork, then it's, it's a nice way to, to show them how to up level those things. Now, I, I just want to ask again, so you're saying it, this horse does have maintained gait at trot? Oh yeah. Until she gets impulsive. Well, even then she's maintaining gait, but it's not the gait. <laughs> well, it's not maintain gait because now she's out the front of the rectangle. But yeah, I mean, you could put her on a loose rein and if she's not upset or, you know, again, whatever tipped her into rushing, she could, because she could trot all day if she's relaxed and flowing. She couldn't at first if everything was rushing, but, you know, <clears throat> what's actually, you know, I don't know, what's helped her and it's like, well, why don't you just do that? Okay, fair enough, but how am I? <clears throat> so what's helped her and where I've gotten her to maintain gait without the impulsivity of, oh, you're not gonna contain me, so now I'm just gonna kind of hurry. And it's not even a terribly out of balance thing, it's just rushing. So that's what it all was at first and the way I got it to kind of work its way out is to go back to the walk and to get everything more balanced and then trot again. And then like, okay, we're rushing. So go back to the walk, get everything balanced. And we might hang at a walk because she gets a little, or, you know, would get as soon as she would hurry, get a little rushy. But at this point it's like, well, we, <clears throat> I know I can go back to the walk and get it good. I know but that's that not I have, I know that I have maintained gait at a trot flowing and loose we've done that okay. yeah. time. so how now we're flowing and loose mm -hmm. we're in a good spot when she just sort of gets out the front of the rectangle not super rushy not all emotional mm -hmm. how, how do i say whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. let's not take this in that direction while maintaining the trot and not just going oh there's a just a little bit out the front of the rectangle a, I need to hold you, or B, I need to bring you down to the walk. A, I don't want to hold yeah, and you. And plus, you got to move on. Yeah, exactly. And B, I can't just, I'm not just always going to go to the walk. Uh, uh, yeah. So at the walk, though, can you pick up the inside rein and roll the horse out onto the, like, and basically roll the horse into a leg yield? This is, yeah. this is a reason. Yeah. You can. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you're saying that just doesn't carry to trot. Well, it so doesn't carry to emotion. Oh, yeah. If we're flowing at the trot, yeah, <clears throat> I can get that inside rein and it can be really nice. Or if we're flowing, I can pick up the inside rein and roll the hindquarters and it's not this, oh crap, I wasn't ready for a hindquarter. I mean, she just yeah, but curls up. Not a hindquarter yield. Well, I'm saying I could also do that and have it be nice if she's flowing. Mm -hmm. But if she's not, and 
it, it is exactly, I mean, when you say, well, how is your hindquarter yield? Can you roll her to the outside feet? When she's relaxed and connected, absolutely. If she's either distracted by something on the outside, you know, which she oftentimes starts with disconnect and first thing, get her on the lead rope. It's like, okay, this horse knows to go around and not lean on the lead rope, but she is so crooked going right. And so that's, we've worked that out. It goes good, but that's the first thing to get out of whack. And then you have no connection to the hind foot again. Yeah. So well, if, if you start with, okay, we're gonna go right over here where you generally get worried or something has moved around in the arena or doors are opening and closing. It's like, you gotta work there for a while until she's like, okay, don't have to worry about that. You got my hind feet, we've gone through here enough. You're helping me get settled. When I do acknowledge you rather than everything else, it gets quiet. Okay, now we're all connected and whatever. But if we go somewhere else or something else changes, we're right back there. And then you have to work for it again. Or it's all going well. But then you're like, okay, I'm gonna hang in here and go to tweak on the hindquarters a little bit. Say, shift the weight in a little bit greater degree, or we're gonna roll the hindquarters a few more steps. If she goes, um, like she basically goes, that's been enough of me being connected. Now we're into doing this mindlessly right? Because before we'd gone around in lots and lots of circles for however long, all of her lunging or whatever they, however they de developed her on the ground, there was this extreme crookedness. So if she goes, okay, now here's where we kind of check out. I've, I'm connected and round, but we're going to keep doing this. So I'm just going to go to that. And then it all disconnects. So it's a delicate thing where it's like there you're connected there i have the hindquarters let's get out let's roll forward let's do it again let's go from there to a hind uh, four quarter yield um let's draw in whatever all the things you can do out of it capturing that like there you're connected but drawing out that time of being connected through more steps of a hindquarter yield. Yeah, but that's probably part of the deal is it's not the hindquarter yield. I mean, yes, you need that flowing, but that's not what I would focus on. So you're saying a leg yield? Well, the big issue is them rolling onto the outside front foot. Which you can't have unless you, the hindquarters are, have got to go oh. and the horse has got to be. But when things, when she gets crooked, that's. I guess whether you're like, drifting, whatever, or rolling it into the front feet, doing far less and the hindquarters rolling all the way around, or, you know, a hindquarter yield. I always talk about it as a continuum. There's a drift all the way down to a hindquarter yield. It's how much is the front feet, how much are the front feet doing to a degree is my basic explanation of it when I'm trying to nuance it. 
it for people. Anyway, so wherever you are on that spectrum, if she goes, okay, we're just gonna do this for a while, that's where you lose her. Well, that's her association, yeah. right? So even if you have her on the outside of her body, if it goes on for too long, she disconnects. Okay, and why? As soon as, as soon as she mentally goes, okay, I'm, we're just going to keep doing this for a while. And we're growing it. I mean, yeah. you can roll the hindquarters longer, but, you know, and, and again, we're, we're going along impulsively or, you know, just that slight tipping out the front of the rectangle. And when you pick up that inside rein now and say, follow it, I'm thinking to the left for whatever reason. <laughs> to the left. Um, yeah. To whatever reason, I'm thinking left, and she's very bendy, and to the left doesn't tip her head as much. But now that we're just that, the energy starting to pick up a little bit in a, you know, rabbits running around inside of you kind of way then it becomes okay here's where i bend and would need you to come in with the outside rain to hold this all together and that's where i'm trying to get away from the outside rain in those moments where we're right on the edge before it's Well, you sound all garbled. Do I sound okay to you? You sound fine. I sound fine to me. Well, okay. of course, yeah, I can hear my own voice. <laughs> okay, you sound all right now. For a little bit, that was garbled. So, you want to get away from using the outside rain. Say that part again, please, because I did not hear it. I, I want to, again, same as we're doing leg yields, hindquarter yield, circle at on on the ground, catch those moments where, where we're starting to tip out the front of the rectangle and interrupt that without having to bring it all the way back to a walk or say, hold it together with the outside rein. Now, I, both of them I can do. So maybe that's just what you do. She's developed to the point where she, understands the outside rain means what it means right like okay rebalance right well rebalance but, front to back or laterally well sort of but not sort of both but not either both right because it well, is it rebalancing when you contain for a moment in order to get her to follow the rain? Or so, it just okay, so. and then rebalancing, depending on how impulsive she is, you can kind of put a half halt in there or cause her to rebalance with the reins. But if it's too impulsive, then it just, you know, she has 
what's interesting is when when I first rode her, I'm like, well, this this feels not too bad, and I kind of threw her loose rein right away, and you know, we're talking like the first few rides, and she actually walked, trot, loped to a degree on a loose rein, but she was very, her legs were free, like she had reasonable extension, she wasn't short in her stride, but she wasn't over her back and she was kind of curled up like this is the way I know to go and then as I gave her the space to lengthen her back to reach out to to get it the whole horse connected in that freedom that's where she's like I might need the support of you rebalancing me with two reins which again if we're going you know, if I catch, like I'm saying, that moment where we're just a little bit out the front of the rectangle, but still we've been balanced, we're flowing, we're on a loose rein, we're freely forward, all that. If I catch it and rebalance with two reins, I can do that. But can I, without her, without it spiraling and getting more impulsive or more tense, just say, well, let's Let's take that into an arc. So it's like, like as soon as she's out the front of the rectangle, any amount of arc will actually disconnect the nose from the hind end. And well, right. I would just pick at the semantics of that just a tiny bit because it's really not any amount of arc. Right, it's it's any amount of bend, because an arc is an arc, you know, um, and she's not making an arc, obviously, if if she's getting overbent, and of course she's upset because she wants to feel congruent, right? So, I mean, you know this, but it's just a matter of. So the semantic piece you cut out for a second. So then, the semantic difference is. She's not making an arc. She has a curve in her body, but not following the arc or what, yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's not, so my point is the arc is not what's upsetting her. It's a response to the rain and or your leg or whatever that mm -hmm. disconnects her from, from any kind of being united. Yes. So of course she's gonna be upset about that. So one way or the other, you have to show her that the united arc is the deal so I would say you're exactly on the right track in the sense that the Noah's arcs is for sure the next piece that you need um she does the short serpentine well right mm -hmm. okay so she has following a united arc on the menu mm -hmm. and this is where the outside rain to me should just be support for the inside rain. And I guess that's. Uh, and then so the question is twofold. One, because it's available to me with her, maybe I should just not try to get on a loose rein 
go, well, I have this available. I'm going to use that and go right back to a loose rein in order to, because it will allow me to stay on a loose rein, but I will have to. You know, okay, and then it's really impulsive, and you know, or if I, I've caught it late or whatever, then you know, then she's gonna kind of be empty and lose the flow of her back, whatever, all that. But then you have the horse that doesn't, you know, and I don't know this horse that Sam was asking about if there wasn't much development of a soft field to where they knew knew what that outside rain meant. In that case, what I'm saying I could do with Heidi would not be available. Without it Yeah, I mean you without can develop it, it in, in that exercise in a way, right? Because mm -hmm. once again, if you've been doing the short serpentine, then your soft feel and the two reins should start to come together, right? Rolling the jaw, um, the outside rein should follow the curve. Like, so if that's all working, then it should, there should be somewhere <laughs> on the menu. The outside legs should follow the curve. Not the outside rain. The outside rain, though, because because a horse needs to understand is think about doing the short serpentine. You push your outside rein forward, but but they still get the idea that the outside rein follows the curve too. Because if you don't, then you're squashing them, and you know you, you have to give them that you have to give them room to make a curve. You have to give them room with the outside rein mm -hmm. to make a curve. Yeah. I'm not sure what you mean by the outside rein follows the curve, though. The outside rein is loose at that point. Yeah, you know, but it's like still you're like pushing, if, you're pushing them space with the outside rein. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you mean by? Yes. So if the horse is curving this way, well, I'm not looks like questioning how to do it. I, I know how to do it. I know. I'm not sure what I know. You mean by but the, the out, but the outside rein follows the curve. Like your outside hand is gonna follow the curve around, okay. right? It doesn't just stay fixed mm -hmm. and you're like pulling the horse with the inside rein. The outside rein follows the curve and the horse is marching forward united. Just a That's important. That's important because when you go to shorten your reins to help on let's say uh, Noah's arcs, because you need to be able to use your outside rein, <clears throat> they should still understand that it's not a block and they can still curve around. Like the outside rein, yes, while they might feel it more, it's still going to follow the curve. And that's so, really important because, yes, because then you can roll the jaw very firmly. Sometimes it's pretty serious, right? Because what what you're trying to get the horse to feel is a moment where they can move forward united. <clears throat> then the length of the curve dictates how how fast they can go, but they have to be apt to follow the curve in order for that to work. And sometimes you do have to help. But if they they feel like the outside rain is preventing them from moving. That's where things fall off a cliff. Mm -hmm. And that's why in the short serpentine, they should start to understand that the outside rain is going to follow the curve.
I know what you mean by it now, but that's, that's still an odd. I don't understand. You guys, I, guys, I know I what you mean, but it's what? Just the words you're using um, are. Uh, Susan, lovely description of half halt. Is that what you mean? Tell me more about that. I yep. wish Gary Bailey would tell us what he, because you know, he is the king of, of these serpentines, right? Um, I guess the whole thing is we have to show the horse that there is freedom and lots of space to be so they in any given curve they just have to regulate their own speed mm -hmm. and make a shape that accommodates it mm -hmm. so both of those things go together additionally um you watch the novella noah's ark's warm-up thing right yeah okay so when you're talking about a loose rein that's what you're talking about, right? Because I definitely had access to doing things that wasn't like on the buckle, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, just, just making sure. Because there's a way to push the slack, but you're not like, you know, on some, you're not on a long, long rein. The outside rein follows the curve, meaning there's space out the front of the outside of the curve when that outside rain defines the curve it's not blocking yeah, the forward in that curve is that the length right because the length of the curve on the outside is going to get longer and the inside when is going to contract yeah so if you don't move your outside hand then then they're going to do all kinds of weird things rather than what you're trying to explain to them to do is get longer so that they can make. Mm -hmm. And, and then the length of the curve will automatically. Now, if they're going so far long that they're not able to make the curve or they're washing to the outsiders, then your range should be there defining that. That's what I'm trying to say, right? And then that's where you have to ride the horse forward into, and then yeah. and then push. Once there's the de definition, mm -hmm. you know, or like you say, to whatever degree it needs to be potentially strong, potentially firm to define that, yeah. And I feel like you can be pretty firm if you need to, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. long as they know there's a place to go. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of times it is hard. If, if the, I'm always thinking about the prerequisites as much as I can, because I want to be able to coach people into doing it rather than being like, oh, here, let me ride your horse so that I can put it on the menu so that you can. Mm -hmm do it but you know and i know you can do it so it's just a matter of but the horse should not be i guess the part that i was thinking about when you were texting me is the horse should not be falling to the inside 
Because if you have to, you should be able to use the inside rein to be like, roll out there. Mm -hmm. And then forward and around. And, you know, that's where the little, like an even shorter kind of a serpentine thing can help. Let's not even talk about that though, because, because the Noah's Ark should, should be totally do they should not be falling onto the inside feet like that is a technique thing that should not be no maybe well, they, especially if they're spooking to the outside that's the thing if the horse is so unconfident that they have to be spooking to the ins outside but even so the inside rain is either going to work or not And, and of course, so imagine you're trotting. So then you pick up the inside rein. You don't want them to, to spin around and yield the hindquarters. Of course not. But that's why you'd better have the ability to roll the horse to its outside feet while using your outside rein. Well, it's back to the discussion with Von Dutch, hmm. you know, a few weeks ago. And you know, still a discussion I have pretty well every ride with him is at what point do I say we're riding this line, hold your arc? Well, okay. I, for whatever I, reason, this is still kind of surprises me. Every time we go in the arena, he can walk straight up to the dog bed in the corner, put his nose on it, nibble on it. He actually picked it up the other day and scared himself, but he went right back to like, he wants to go play with it. But at the beginning of the ride, I cannot just trot an arc past it. I have to work on walking an arc. I have to say, keep your shape periodically when you're blowing away from it. I have to get pretty strong saying, hold this arc and move your shoulder over. Well, I don't, depending on where we are, in, you know, how much I do before I go there, how much I've, if I've done my groundwork near there or not even approached it while I've done my groundwork, I may have to kind of do some figure eights past it, kind of do um, roll the hindquarters to face it, swing the front end away and kind of just play around it before I go, ignore it. You're good. Stay on your arc. Stay forward. And if you're going to blow into my leg, we are going to firm up enough to come off that leg, whether it be leg yielding over or turning toward it and saying, come off my leg. Um, and that all can get pretty strong because when he feels my leg and he's also wanting to go away from it, the head can come up and he's wanting to surge forward. It's like, no, there is room for forward, but there is not room for forward with your head on upside down and bulging into my leg. So uh, I'm not sure where I started with this. Um, we were talking about oh, being worried about things on the outside of the arena and following that inside rank. Can you roll them to the outside feet? Well, You can out in the middle, 
you can at the end of a ride through all those corners. But that doesn't mean, in his case, you don't have to, every ride, address that staying in the rectangle as you come through there. And sometimes I do a lot to prepare him for that. Other days, it's like, you're, you're pretty well settled. Um, and I know you're good for it because we get there every ride. It's time for you to come through there. Not just today I decided, but we can do this. You need to learn not to bulge. So if I was going through there and I was going, okay, I'm not going to define the front of the rectangle with my outside rein and with my inside leg, say, eh, 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 get over there. And I tried to bend just with my inside rein scissoring my legs. He'd feel that rein and probably keep his shoulder in and bulge away from it without me shaping him with the reins and getting firmer with my inside leg to say, no, we're holding this line today, maybe a little earlier than we did yesterday or the rides before. And he'll do the short serpentine by the scary spot really well. I don't know that I always tried, you know, do that right before. Yes, but the question is when, right? Okay. But I'm, we're talking about in the beginning. Like, yeah. we're, so I guess if, we're talking again, about like. If I every ride went and did the short serpentine in that scary spot, just like doing the figure eights or hindquarters, four quarters whether it be on the ground or riding, if I did all of that in there where it went through the blind spot, we got a little impulsive, but it came through and I did all that, if I did my short serpentines, whatever it took to kind of focus in that end through that area, well, then I can probably pick up and trot through there on a loose rein with maybe a little bit of a, uh -uh. but if I don't, don't do all that preparation, it's available to me to say, stay on the line. We have enough of a feel going. It's not a wonderful feel because he does, when he gets worried about it, tend to hollow his back and goes up. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's like all of these things and all the cases we've talked about here, it's there. You know, the short serpentine, the and we sure, can sure. that's and that's normal right yeah. like a horse a horse is going to be challenged exactly a different yeah i would just before i forget i would say that wherever you can do the short serpentine that's where you can do the noah's arcs as well you know versus if you can't pull off a short serpentine for whatever reason then you probably aren't going to have a ton of luck or it's possible, like if if the Noah's arcs are not working, then I would be like, all right, well, okay. Because once again, the most important thing is that they figure out how to have a very deep curve while rolling to the outside feet mm -hmm. and and moving forward. You know that that forward and united is the answer on a very deep curve because then if you start the Noah's arcs like on 20 meter circle size or what you know you can get very small you don't have to be that small 
to to affect um a change in in um rhythm or in length of gait or, or rebalancing you don't have to get as small as the short serpentine right and so skipping and you know backing up from noah's arcs the horse that is bulging away from somewhere and not as far along as Dutch's, but you know, some horse that you know has you know is fairly green, or you know is is kind of a restart where they've learned to kind of turn by leaning on their shoulder or straighten or bracing on a rein, and you're just working on that. You go to trot, and that all falls apart. Kind of like we were texting, like I was saying in the text. It basically is go back to the walk, regain that, right? But then well, you have to make that transition into the trot. You always have to make that transition into the lope. And, you know, if you are saying, I want to move through the gates early on and regularly with this young horse, but it's always falling apart, to where as soon as you go to trotting, you feel that rain and they're not rolling up. Well, go back to the walk or say, even at a trot, you feel this rain, be prepared to bend and roll that hindquarters under there. Trying to catch that early enough that they're not just like flailing or way counter bent to where you're just wrestling them into that. Yeah, because you know, so it does, and this is where I was talking to Stephanie about it. And it's like, well, Buck doesn't deal with this because he has it so damn good on the ground and so damn good at the walk. And you only ever see him ride his horses outside of last week where he rode Nathan's horses and they were plenty good at it. So to ride a wreck, he would still have them so darn good yeah, but you know what? at a walk yeah. that by the time he'd pick up a lope or a, a trot, it's gonna kind of be pretty balanced, right? Or, or what would he do? Well, we saw it with, with Mayhem to some degree. But Mayhem again, had a bit of understanding the outside rain and he was able to mm -hmm. define the front of the rectangle and say, out yes. here, get the yeah. high floors underneath. Right, True. so it's still not, you know, you know, a horse that's way over curls, a horse that braces and does this, and you know, you get that pretty good or as good as you can in the time that you have at the walk, at the skill set you have where you're not Buck Brenneman, and then you go to trot, and it's like, well, here's where I really throw my nose out under neck the whole nine yards how do you develop that without going back to okay we gotta redo the walk and then you know or do you you go two steps and like okay roll this all in get balanced again how do you not get stuck just staying at the walk yeah yeah so, yeah. so the question well my question would be is it the trot that freaks the horse out 
upsets the horse, disturbs the horse, however fancy you want to say it, um, or is it the curve? Because it could be either, right? The horse could be able to trot on loose rein, on big shapes, or down a trail, or whatever, and be yeah. like, this feels fine to me. But then the curve, which it, they feel Good distinction. bound yeah. up, well then, okay, you know, you have two different issues. Yeah. Um, and so if it's just trotting, you know. First of all, that's why we use a round pin. So the so the round pin itself will create a curve that okay, fair enough. The horse to some and degree. So the round, they, but then you go in the arena, you have that other than you definition of the outside of the rectangle, and you maybe have a little bit of draw towards because it's the first few times or now there's all these horses going I mean so many factors I mean you always talk about the context changing yeah and so that's where it would be okay well can you trot out on the loose rein and if you can't we're gonna do one rein stops until you can once again just having watched Gary do it a million times, that's that's not. He sets a curve and then rides the horse on it. That's that's all there is to it, mm -hmm. you know. Not doing one rain stops over and over. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, certainly an easy a, a way that we can do it because what that presupposes is a few key items. Number one, that you can feel what it feels like to have a horse balance laterally and that you can honestly go with them and that you can affect the balance to the outside feet when they get tippy. Otherwise, you're gonna wipe out, right? Um, but, so my question though, for just, just being in, in the horses and the people that we deal with, at, our, at whatever skill level, can they trot out on a loose rein? And if they start heading off into the sunset, well, then you can do a one rain stop. So I'm not saying that's where it ends, of course, but is that being checked off the list? Mm -hmm. Because you have to be handy to use a curve to, to settle them. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about and then also just remember that the, the Noah's arcs, not that you can't use curves to do other things, right? But when we're talking about the Noah's arcs, when I'm talking about it, like the only reason it means anything is just because we're using it for a specific purpose, right? But, but I don't know that, that I would say that I use it with a horse that is really spooky to the outside and really, you know, that's a way to so okay let's talk let's talk about the the difference or the definition of noah's arc over against using an arc to get a horse balanced or settled without no well, them further over the hind end getting them more to the out you know we're not trying to engage the horse using Noah's arcs and shorten the rectangle on one rein. That would be a Noah's arc. Yeah. 
you do use arcs, you know. Oh, the round pen. Hello. <laughs> the round pen, you know, changing direction in the round pen, you know, larger arcs to to get the horse to slow the horse when they can maybe flow forward on the loose rein, but they start to tip into rushing. Yeah, right? yeah. I think the question, mm-hmm. Like you, you send them up to the trot and it's like off to the races. Okay, one rein stopped, off to the race. Yeah, but the question the is stop. why are they off to the races? That's the question. That is the question. Well, if we're saying if, that there's two situations here. One, the arc troubles them. Two, the trot troubles them. If the transition to the trot, you know, like thinking of Willow, it's like head in the air and all this. Now with her, maybe I shouldn't bring in another horse because it's another whole different set of circumstances. Um, with her, it was you have to stay longitudinally shaped in order to make this transition balanced or you're going to of course be off to the races and just jackhammering around with your underneck yeah and the question again is it are they off to the races because they're they, because trotting scares them or that's what I'm saying. Her it was i mean that's why that's what caused me to bring her up because the transition to the trot just caused all this anxiety so that's where i would go to a one rain stop so she can just yes. do the transition over and over again and you know stay you, you gotta let her go <laughs> as you know you know so she can feel it a little bit but then be like oh let's try it again and, yet, and in her case it was like trot out of a prepared spot and stay prepared yeah just because the rhythm is changing like say we're we're flowing and we're using the hindquarters and we have a good walk going. Now trot, we have a better chance of making it, but that outside rain might still be there to say, that's gonna be hard, try a different way to do it. Mm -hmm. right. And then better chance of throwing a loose rein and not be off to the races. I don't know. It's, well, of course you're going to have, I mean, you definitely are going to have a few moments. If you do the curve right mm -hmm. and the horse does get balanced, it, it's, it's impossible not to have a few moments of being balanced. Like, because it takes a couple moments to get, to get rolling out the front of the rectangle or out of shape or whatever. And horses are mm -hmm. so perceptive. They don't need a long time to notice, you know, something different. But the... Once again, are they scared or are they just habitually running downhill because they don't know how to be balanced? And of course, pretty quickly that will scare them if that's all they know. However, they should have some sort of semblance of being able to walk, trot, canter on a very small arc, balanced and united because of your groundwork. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be a completely foreign thing for them to be like, well, I am capable of trotting in this environment, you know, mm -hmm. what I mean? Don't you think? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
And, and the reason that's important is because we cannot talk about doing nose arcs if, if, if they're so beside themselves that they can't walk track canter on the ground. Mm -hmm. So if they can walk track canter on the ground then we're eliminating the impossibility of them doing it because of the environment mm -hmm. okay so then the question is are they are they are just carrying the rider rather they intellectually don't know what they're supposed to do once again though if you're doing your short serpentines so hold on. are we walk trot canter on the ground really on the outside of the curve or we're relaxed long and maybe a little bit forward or even a little bit on the inside shoulder you know long because they, they can maintain gait and be relaxed and not be balanced on all four feet yeah i would definitely want to make sure that they that they have that on the menu on the ground for mm -hmm. sure because it's no good to have a horse just whipping around, well, you know. Well, even if they're not whipping around, I mean, like. Yeah, but on the inside feet at all. Yeah. No, 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 no. Bad, very bad. And they don't have to make a whole tiny volte, six meter circle, you know, at walk trot canter. But we do want to see a part of an arc or an arc that is united and balanced on the ground and transitions right now. now of course the farther along the horse is you don't have to check that because of course they know it mm -hmm. but if I, i'm just going back to the the idea because i'm sure a lot of people do encounter this and and every time we we go to a new horse the potential for encountering this is 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 there all, all the time whereas something mm -hmm. about trotting or some, moving beyond the walk you know either because they have had bad experiences or because they haven't had any experiences mm -hmm. and i would also say that it it does depend on how balanced the horse is naturally mm -hmm. so von dutch the octopus he's probably not now he's going to be fancy probably because he is a bit you know but a horse that's more packaged like a little quarter horse is not going to be apt necessarily to be super unbalanced for whatever reason and and that would be heidi the german riding pony is balanced is more balanced yeah, yeah. but she still is she the one that's still that will get brushy because she's always been so rushy is, is different than scared yeah. is all is all but yeah. rushy turn like you said rushy mm -hmm. very quickly can turn into scared mm -hmm. and it you know, for her, which makes perfect sense without, because right? yeah, without the support for her, you know, just saying, mm, let's not go there. It's like two strides of rushing and maybe I wonder if, you know, do <laughs> I don't even want to say it because like, I don't think this is the answer, but she gets a little ahead of the rectangle and you just go, well, let's see if you can find your way back into the rectangle without me putting you on a curve. Sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Like it'll peak out. Mm -hmm. Or like they get a little, a little rushy in the lope and then they lope for a while mm -hmm. and settle themselves down. But other times you say, I'm going to try that and it just 
it escalates and tips into, like you say, their their anxiety or their fear comes up because of not being balanced. <laughs> so with oh, that's yeah, what they're worried about. Yeah, exactly. And so with her, I'm quite sure I can test it again, but quite sure based on experience experience of her, not just experience generally, that letting her just coast forward, it will unravel. More. It will unravel. So that's where it's like trying to go to the curve. But I mean, yeah. I would, I mean, it sounds like that's what I would do. But I have to support with the outside rain which again, it's available to her, so why not use it? But, you know, try I, not. I would though, because yeah. because I would, I thought about this a lot lately. It's, it's just, it's about communication. That's, that is the whole, that's about, everything we're doing is, is just trying to get our idea across to the horse. Mm -hmm. And they might, first right and then they might have to practice whatever it is we have on our mind here but yeah. so my point is however if she has all those different things available to her and and really just what she needs to feel is rebalancing because mm -hmm. she gets it unravels and then she's like i don't know what to do then absolutely i would use the curve a hundred percent. Well, of course. And it might be super strong. Mm -hmm. Like, because not, right. it depends. It doesn't really sound like it'll be strong with her. No, it won't. Yeah. But sometimes that's, that's like, where the outside rain follows the curve. The knowing that when I get balanced, I'm going to have that space again to flow forward. Yeah, because otherwise they think they should slow down. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, this and is even her with she shape. doesn't think she should slow down, but she thinks she should, you know, just get all Which is, fancy with her. Is exactly not what yeah. you want her to do. Um, yeah. Although, you know, depending on where the curve is, I was just watching Nathan with these warm bloods the other day, of course. Super fancy grown free horses. And it is they have so much available to them physically. But there's, you know, you do not want passage, tight passage. Even though passage is available, they're jumpers. It doesn't, you know, that's not, it's not something they train for, but, but they're, it's in there. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a passage is the end of the world, but a passage tight is bad. So the same concept of on, on a curve, you might end up with more loft, but the most important important thing is that it's over over their back because you know you will use it to develop more loft in volume um so when i just i know you know this but i just wouldn't be scared of volume so long as they are united on the curve and i don't know but you have to show them that sometimes and really quite often, I would say, with, with the outside rain as, as a guide. Mm -hmm. because
because even even if the horse is apt to be united, let's just say, and, and trotting arcs is, is no big deal, they still need to, when you start to shorten the curve, a lot of times they're going to need a little help shortening the rectangle. But that's why I love the arcs so much is because it helps me not, not to sh over shorten the rectangle myself. Then the horse can do it. But like it sounds with Heidi, she's thinking she should shorten it when that's not really what she should be doing at all. This is length around the curve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so that's no problem the, because you can set the front of the rectangle and ride yeah. her into it. Mm -hmm. And then it's not really, it's not really blocking. It's just guiding. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is blocking them from like heading off into the yeah. sunset to the other side, but they're probably not going to be doing that anyway. Yeah. I think it's, you still get caught up in everything on a loose rein feel and that is what i would say if people were watching buck with mayhem not i would say that should have been a takeaway yeah is like when, when you can you go to it yeah, yeah. For sure. but not in a binding up kind of way that's the hard part Yes. There's a way to say, and that's once again where the soft feel is not just a. Is it, not in a binding up kind of way, but I mean, depending on your definition of binding up, right? It can. Yeah. I mean, we have away. to put more words to it because uh -huh. it, cer it certainly can look to someone. Someone can look at and describe it as binding up. But we need to say what we mean by binding up, and then they need to say what they mean by binding up, and then we need to get to an agreement as to what was going on there, because it was it was a very hmm, how would we describe it? So it wasn't a lengthening by giving more space in the front of the rectangle and it wasn't there was arcs or there were arcs like yields whatever um, drifting in the hindquarter but or even widening the shoulders it There is a lot of from the front of the rectangle and from the back, tuck yourself in and find a different spot to be. Yeah. There was room for forward, but there wasn't, it, it certainly was figure out how to come over your back by all this length I'm giving you. It was, I'm going to bind you up, what some people might have described it as, or define pretty um, 
strongly the front and back of the rectangle. So you work around enough to turn all those parts loose where, you know, which is curious because could those spots have turned loose by giving more length? But I think that was already probably, checked off is, yeah. is a big thing. Like that, that was checked off. You shouldn't skip it but it was checked off. So that's where, you know, it's like, okay, well, so the next thing is this and we don't spend forever. Once right. it checks out, it checks out, we're moving yeah. on. But I don't like the term binding up that because there's times- I know, we all I'm saying is some people yeah. could look at it and go, yeah. really had that horse bound up. Mm -hmm. But I would say that we don't want to shorten the rectangle beyond what is appropriate for what else we're asking them to do. But that requires some understanding of the geometry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, that spot for each horse in terms of elevation to where you're not trapping something down in the withers in the back, con constricting something over the top line, causing them to bulge their neck, you know, finding that. And you kind of have to play with that a decent amount and get them a little bit more sure of that before you do define it as much as Buck was with Mayhem. Yeah, and you know, I, I think he was only doing that because he was sure about the other yeah. things. And that's just the only reason I brought that up is just because it's not years at some, no, of course, Nathan has ridden that horse a good amount, but not a ton, ton, mm -hmm. you know? So the, yeah, the only reason I mention it is because there's no reason to, to not do the nose arcs for a certain amount of time or, or to move on. Mm-hmm. At all. <laughs> because you do have to have the ability to, to, help <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean you do as much freedom as you can give them right but not without hanging them out to dry yeah much freedom as you can give them but always moving things forward mm -hmm. so we didn't talk about it last week but you asked me about rooster and then we got off on your tirade um so rooster, I feel better, you guys. <laughs> rooster was on stall rest not for any major injury he slid his nose open somehow and we feed all the horses on hay nets and i didn't want him like picking at the net so i had him in a in a smaller pen and was just throwing him hay on the ground um so he was in the for 10 days till his nose kind of cleaned up enough that he could go back out and push on the nets to get his hay and so i was down in florida most of this time so he wasn't getting out while he was in there i wasn't riding him though i could have been if i was around you know wouldn't have kept him from being out working but he was he was corralled he was penned up for 10 days and so last week when I brought him out, you 
know, if I would have just turned him loose in the arena, he would have just raced around, raced around, and bucked and farted and whatever. I didn't do that. I just did a little groundwork, which he was, he wasn't bouncing around doing that. Just the way our groundwork normally looks, really connected around. It was nice. He was relaxed. So I got on. He wanted to canter so bad. I mean, he was just like, let me go. And so I kind of did, but he was bucking and kicking at the saddle strings and jumping around and twisting and just, you know, feeling like a fire breathing dragon. They're just like, let me go, let me go, let me go. So for a couple of rides there, I'm like, oh, I don't want to discourage the floor. This is, you know, this is he good. He was kicking at your feet. He was not. Oh, okay. I never even asked him. My legs weren't doing anything. He was kicking at the saddle strings, tickling. I mean, or maybe not. Maybe he was just like bucking around and having fun. But it was so fun. And it was like, I hope I'm not like creating any patterns here. Because he really was kicking up and popping his butt up pretty well every transition. And I'm like, this is just too fun to not enjoy, right? So we had about two rides that were halfway out of control. <laughs> Not really, because I was letting him do it, but it would have, I would have been squelching to a degree if I would have said, no, 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 we're doing all of our, you know, all of our walk and we're getting totally settled and then we're doing the trot. I'm just like, what the hell, just go and this is kind of fun. And I was just laughing, loving it. Um, so like this week, you know, he had a couple days off, whatever. I don't even know, maybe just one day off. But last week, it was like two, three rides like that. And then he kind of wanted to canter a little bit in this third and fourth ride. And I'd kind of indulge and be like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do that now rather than like I can tell you want to. And this is all good. So this week, um, this is back to, up to me not riding Rooster next month. No, it's not. He's good. So that's what I'm going to say right now. Like this week, he's like, oh, whatever, you know, whenever you ask and, you know, back to himself. And I'm just like, oh, that was so fun last week. I feel like stalling you for another 10 days so we can have the the, uh, the wild ride that we had. So anyway. Bring you another thoroughbred. <laughs> you could just pen him up for 10 days out of the month. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. <laughs> but I remember I told you, um, I, I think it was with him. Maybe it was with, no, it was him. <laughs> It was with him at one point like you you see it kind of doesn't matter the discipline but uh so once we were we were at a rodeo with the kids and i don't think i've shared this on the show there was i think the, the gal that was going to bring the flag on the flag around the arena and she was holding her horse back and he just wanted he was ready to go. He knew the deal. And he was kind of, he was jumping up in the front, jumping up. In the, so he was like bunny hopping in place, like, let, let me go. Or, you know, doing little bucking moves. And Levi says, wow, that's really cool that she can make her horse jump like that. <laughs> I'm like, well, kind of, but not really. I can't remember what he exactly said, but it was something to that effect. So that was like, it was just funny that he thought it was great that her horse is doing that for her. Like, well, it's not quite doing it for her. <laughs> but anyway, so you get that or, you know, whatever, you know, the 
barrel racer or the you know whatever I I'm picturing thoroughbred type horses where it's like I'm I really want to go and I'm like bouncing up and down in place and it must have been after another stall rest some time ago where I felt that in rooster I'm like it's kind of actually easier to ride than you think it was because they're just kind of rocking horse place but you got all this like pent up whatever in underneath you yeah so long as it doesn't turn into bucking over their head and falling down that's the most yeah, important but, thing you know you, you see that more often than you you know than would be ideal for horses but you see that a lot and it's like wow they're quite quite the rider and it's like well I don't know, maybe it's because I'm pretty good at saying the middle of one, but when he started, you know, whatever, how long ago that was, where he was just that kind of like fizzy thing, it's like, well, this isn't that hard. You can see where you get pretty sticky if that was all you were riding, but uh, it, it is just fun. Yeah, that's cool. I, I can't wait to see him next time. Yeah. So, and, and uh, some not like I'm like, yeah, let's go for it and let's be a wreck. But when he is kind of a bit wild, I just have fun with it. Yes, we know. <laughs> it, it won't always be there. We're going to get to a point where he's just like, even on 10 days of stall rest, I'm not that amped. So. Well, we're over and I have a vet appointment for the dog. And I need to go feed the ponies first, and then I have to go to work. So we're going to have to go, and we're going to have to talk about um, Hans next next month, uh, next week. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Too. So, sound good? Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week, you guys, on the Horsemanship Remark Show. We will be here next Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 8.30 Central. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Bye.